TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, okay, take it easy. We're going on the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Welcome back, everybody, here to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. The Chiefs have a big game coming up in Indianapolis this weekend. It's rare these days to see a noon kick for the Chiefs, who are uh, the darlings of NFL's national windows. But we need a little insight on the Colts. It's been a rough start. We bring in our buddy Ryan Hickey, our co-worker here at CBS Sports Radio. He's the executive producer. You hear him every day on the Zach Gelb Show right here on KFH. Uh, He has Saturdays here on KFH from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., so overnights here. Check out Ryan Hickey right here on KFH and the Blue Horseshoe host of a podcast. Ryan, uh, our Colts insider here. Welcome in for the first time. Fellas, thanks so much for having me on. Really do appreciate the time. Well, let's, you know, let's talk about it first. You know, Colts insider, what, what, where are you and, and how does the, you know, the Colts connection work for you, Ryan? Well, I'm actually based in New York City. Um, my Colts fandom goes all the way back. My dad, growing up, was a huge Johnny United fan. Um, he grew up in a you know a Catholic uh, family, so Johnny U was kind of you know one of those good Catholic guys growing up. So they always rooted for him. Um, so that was really kind of it. You know, they grew up watching the Baltimore Colts. That was his favorite player of all time. So even though you know the Jets and the Giants were local, they kept watching Johnny U. He was Colts fan from there, and kind of just kept on going even when he uh, you know moved on and. Thankfully, at least that was one of the few teams that I root for that's actually successful consistently. So he passed that Colts fan down to me. So even though we have no indie ties per se, we can thank Johnny U right now for my uh, one of the few teams I root for that's actually good right now. Although this year, notwithstanding. Yeah, so good good point on that. It's been kind of a rough start for Indianapolis starting the year 0-1-1. And, and so that, I think there's a lot of different ways that this game on Sunday against Kansas City can go. I mean, clearly the the uh, the thought process with Indianapolis is that, that the start to the year has not gone the way they've wanted it to go. So in your mind, what's the game plan for them to come out? I mean, they've got one of the top, if not the top back in the league with Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan, you know, has, has kind of struggled to, to start the season for the Colts. How do you see the game plan for Indianapolis playing out on Sunday? Well, you mentioned, I mean, it starts with Jonathan Taylor. It has to. Like, anytime you play this team's defense, one of the best ways to, to beat them is by keeping Patrick Holmes and co. on the sidelines. So it has to start with Jonathan Taylor, but even not with him. It has to start with this offensive line. And this Colts offensive line is the highest-paid unit in the NFL, and they have been through two weeks a disaster. Even going back to last year as well, the, the last you know few games of the season, they have been subpar at best. So this has been a unit that's gotten dominated by the Jags last week, had trouble you know keeping the, the front four, the Texans, off Matt Ryan, so this has to start with this offensive line 
Waking up, I don't know, you know, game plan-wise, there's not much outside. I'm just trying to block the man in front of you. But this is, you know, if it's more of a prizing for the offensive line, waking up and actually, you know, going to this game upset for the first time. But it's time to start this offensive line and getting Jonathan Taylor going. But also, too, defensively, on the other side, it's going to have to be being aggressive. You know, this Gus Bradley defense has not done a very good job of slowing Patrick Mahomes down, whether it was with the Chargers, whether it was with the Raiders. And he's kind of kept everything the same. And that has just been, you know, music to Patrick Mahomes' ears. You have to flip that on. You have to be aggressive. You have to be the one to take it to Mahomes. Even if you get burned, so be it. But you have to change something. So the game plan for the Colts has to be, number one, get this offensive line playing to their standard, which like two years ago, which was the best offensive line in the NFL, they have not really been that the last year and a half. And defensively, they have to be aggressive. What's more, get in Patrick Mahomes' face, try to ruffle his feathers a little bit and get him to the ground. Otherwise, this is, you know, the, the Chiefs are going to be putting up a big number in Indy. So, Ryan Hickey joining us, uh, and he's, among other things, the Blue Horseshoe podcast host. Tell us about the injury report this week at Colts practice, because, you know, last week, and it's been a struggle for Matt Ryan out of the gates, but no Pittman last week, no Alec Pierce. Like, they've been down some weapons for him, too. Will they be healthier coming into this game than we've seen? Still to be seen. Um, I expect at least, at least it seems Alec Pierce was back at practice on Wednesday full, so he missed last week with a concussion. It seems to be him progressing well, so I would expect him to play. Michael Pittman Jr., I would also expect him to play. This quad injury, I know the Colts were like going up to the last minute last week in Jacksonville, and they ruled him out on Saturday. He's been back at practice, um, so I would expect him to play this week. But also, with that said, I mean, he's not going to be anywhere near 100%, so he'll still be eliminated even though he's on the field. Trust me, the Colts need him so badly, so his presence just out there will be nice. And obviously the big question mark is going to be Shaq Leonard. You know, arguably their best player um, on defense. He's not played yet so far this season. He's been on the pup list all of training camp. He's been practicing the last two weeks, but he's incrementally done a little bit more each week, but also at the same time he's given no hints that he's really close, to be honest. So it's a coin flip. I would probably say right now, judging on Friday with what we've seen so far through Wednesday and Thursday practice, I would probably lean that he's not going to play. If he does play, I would expect some sort of pitch count considering that he really hasn't done much since week 18 in Jacksonville last year. It's all offseason rehabbing. It's all training camp as well. So even if he's clear to play and makes his debut on Sunday, I mean, we're talking about maybe max 20, 25 plays uh, on Sunday. So a little bit of an impact, but not too much. So, yeah, the Colts have had a rough start to the season, and injury-wise, they won't, you know, get much better coming into Sunday. Ryan, I'm curious to to get your take on Frank Reich and his job status. I, you know, there there were people after the the tie on week one that were talking about, oh, is 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 he on the hot seat? What's going to happen? And I was kind of like, nah, like I think he's pretty safe. And then you go on the road and have a clunker against Jacksonville and get shut out. Is that chatter real, and how hot is the seat right now for Frank Reich? Within the fan base, that chatter is real. I think a lot of fans didn't want Frank Reich to be on the plane last week at that Jacksonville blowout. I think Frank Reich's a good coach. I I do. I know this start has not gone off to to a good start so far this year with 0-1-1. I know Jim Mercer, it's tough to read him because he is one of the few owners that's truly a fan. So he actually kind of thinks like a fan and is emotional and make kind of some snap decisions uh, in the moment. I still believe, at least right now, with the track record of Frank Reich's uh, history, where they've gotten up to slow starts, they're 1-5 in 2018, they're 1-4 last year, and have dug themselves out to either make the playoffs or put themselves in the playoff picture. 
I think at least right now, even though the start has been anywhere near ideal, and we've talked about the importance, at least on the Blue Horseshoe Pod, of getting off to a hot start when you have five division games in the first seven games of the season, I still don't think the, the Frank Reich hot seat, for at least Jim Ursay, is right now scorching hot. There's pressure, don't get me wrong. And if this season goes to where you know, they're 7-10, 8-9, and really can't get out of their own way again and can't rebound after a slow start, then I think it's a different conversation. Then I think Frank Reich is really, really in jeopardy and probably would get fired. But right now, two games in the season, Jim Mercer, I'm sure, is upset. But also, too, the blame goes around, not just to Frank Reich. I think it's on Chris Ballard as well. But the seat is, let's say, 60% warm right now. It's doing some no favors, but I would still be surprised, at least right now, if he's fired anywhere near in season. Jim Mercer, 25 years as a Colts owner, never has fired a coach in season. So I would say that unless this is, you know, we're talking about a, a 1-10 in 10 team, I think Frank Reich will at least make the end of the season. And I do think right now he's still a good enough coach to get this Colts out of right now this early deficit. Well, I'll tell you, Ryan, Willie Gay Jr. is not playing. So if Frank Reich doesn't make sure that Jonathan Taylor carries the ball at least 20 times, maybe he should be fired midseason. I mean, it is so oh, glaringly <laughs> obvious to us here, you know, covering the Chiefs, like, the danger for the Chiefs in this game, we can all see it a mile away. Arguably your best run stopper just got suspended, and you're about to face arguably the best running back in football, and you talked about how good the line should be. If they get cute with this for in Indianapolis on Sunday, I mean, that's it's inexcusable. This has to be a Jonathan Taylor game for the Colts, and the Chiefs have to figure out a way to stop him without Gay, but the, that's the danger in this for Kansas City. It's a good point, and it's almost kind of funny where, in a sense, that everything right now the Colts have tried to do has not worked. Run the ball for the most part. At least last game against Jacksonville did not work. Passing the ball right now has, has not worked in either of the first two games or the outside of the fourth quarter against the Texans in week one. So it's almost like because everything has failed, because of the Michael Pittman Jr. injury, it's almost like Frank Reich really has no choice, whether he wants to or not, run the ball, force feed John and Taylor. They've talked about the offseason of kind of trying to limit his carries a little bit after he was just an absolute workhorse last, uh, last year. I mean, you're sitting here 0-1-1. Like you mentioned, Willie Gay Jr., the best run stuffer uh, for the Chiefs not being on the field. You have no choice. Like, this is a, this is a game where you can't get cute. You can't try to manage Jonathan Taylor's workload. you got to feed him, I mean, bare minimum, 30 times. Uh, this has to be one of those things where he just keeps on getting the ball. The Colts have shown that at times last year an ability, even when teams know they're running the ball, to still establish a run and have success. This has to be one of those games. If they have any chance of, forget it, winning, keeping it close, this has to be a Jonathan Taylor game where he's getting 30 carries, 120 yards, 130 yards to keep this Colts team in it. Ryan, what's your takeaway here after the first two weeks of the season? And what's the sense that you're getting from uh, the, the team and then also the fan base about Matt Ryan? We obviously know what he did in Atlanta. We know the, the kind of caliber of quarterback he's been throughout his career but it's not been a good start for him early on in the season and early on in his tenure in Indianapolis. He's got a 64 uh, a point nine, I'm sorry, 63.9 passer rating for the Colts right now. Four picks, only one touchdown thrown. I, I'd like to think that maybe you can lean a little bit on what he's done in the past to maybe think he can get through this. But what's your takeaway right now on Matt Ryan? It's been. I, I wouldn't use the word disappointment, but I almost feel a little bit bad using the word just because everything around him has been so bad. Where I do want to give him a break where the offensive line has been just tr just awful. 
absolutely yeah. awful. And you look at the the weapons he has outside of Michael Pittman Jr. in terms of throwing the ball to receivers and tight ends. There's no one. It's a bunch of guys that are unproven that are either young rookies or that have really never uh, been asked to do the role they're being asked to do this year. So part of it's on Chris Ballard for really giving them no weapons on the outside, outside of their number one receiver to throw the ball to. And you look at last week, you know, in Jacksonville, Michael Pittman Jr. is out. Matt Ryan at least gave everyone else, you know, opportunities. It wasn't like he was locking in on one guy. He spread the ball out throughout the entire, you know, uh, skill position group. The issue was literally no one stepped up and made a play. So in one sense, it's a little not on him because if no one else is stepping up, what else are you going to do? But my, the reason why I kind of teeter back and forth to disappointment is he's brought in to kind of be the adult in the room, right? There was a lot of frustration with Carson Wentz and his lack of leadership and his lack of ability to kind of carry a team towards the end of the season. Matt Ryan is brought in in part to kind of be that veteran, be that leader, be that coach on the field, kind of bring everyone else up. Like that's, that's part of the reason why the Colts weren't very active in the offseason in terms of beefing up their skill positions because they felt – Matt Ryan can elevate guys like Paris Campbell, really has not done much, or guys like Alex Pierce, you know, as a rookie second-round pick. They thought he can elevate their games to a level that a quarterback like Carson Wentz couldn't. And so far through two weeks, again, there's other areas to blame. The offensive line's been a sieve and haven't been able to establish Jonathan Taylor, at least in the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Um, but it's part of it just like there's still miscommunication. There's still some areas where you see last year, it's like, oh, this team feels disjointed. There is some confusion. They're not lining up correctly. There's, there's, you know, they're not checking into the right plays. And that's what I feel like Matt Ryan was brought in to do. And, again, it's early. It's only two games. But I feel like he has not been able right now to get the most out of everyone else. So it's a little bit of, you know, back and forth between disappointment and also him not really having an opportunity to succeed. Um, but, obviously, with, this, with how bad this offense is, they're dead last in scoring, averaging 10 points per game. I mean, there's, there's enough blame to go around for everyone, including that Ryan. All right, Ryan, uh, before we let you go, prediction time, what do you see in this game? Cool. How are you feeling on how it'll play out? You like the Colts? You like the Chiefs? What do you think? <laughs> do we like the Colts? I'll, I like the, I'll tell you this. Do we like the Colts to, to maybe keep the Chiefs under 100? You know, that's when you know, Lucas Oil State and Schilber are going to get a workout this week, that's for sure. I said 31-17 on the, on the podcast this week. I'm just, you know, honestly, this is a game where I don't really see how the Colts have a chance in this game. The defense right now, they're, they're too lax at age school. They're, they're not really, you know, making anyone, making any quarterback uh, really fear them or, or, you know, make any mistakes. And they played Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence, and both of them were completing passes left and right like it was no big deal. Patrick Holmes had a field day. And offensively, I mean, this offensive line can't block anyone. So if you're struggling to block the Texans and the Jaguars, good luck trying to you know, slow down Chris Jones. So I don't really see that. The Chiefs defensive line got after Justin Herbert a lot last week. I see that happening again. This offense, I, I have no faith right now, can, you know, magically turn it around. Um, I, I'm my only hope, to be honest, guys, uh, like if I had to point to one thing that maybe the Colts could, you know, go in their favor to maybe make this a competitive game, is that everyone's on the Chiefs. You know, it's one of those games where everyone's like, oh, there's no way they'll lose this game. And it's like classic NFL, like we get a closer game than expected. But I'm saying Chiefs 31-17. They, they, you know, they've been clicking right now. This has been an offense that, weird to say, feels almost even harder to defend without Tyree Kill because Patrick Mahomes is spreading the ball to everyone right now. Um, but this is a game where I think things are getting worse in Indy before they get better, and that starts week three at home, unfortunately, with, a, I think, a clunker. So like I said, 31-17, Chiefs uh, continue to roll here. 
And Andy Reid gets extra time to prepare, which is always trouble. But the money's gone to the Colts. It's It's been a weird Vegas line. I don't know. Uh, Ryan, we really appreciate it. Again, you can catch Ryan every day. He's the executive producer of the Zach Gelb Show, which airs here on KFH. You can also catch him Saturdays 1 to 5 a.m. here on KFH. Uh, we'll get the Chiefs Colts this weekend. Pre-game starts at 11 right here on KFH. Ryan, people check out the Blue Horseshoe for more Colts insight. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for making uh, – give me a few minutes here. Really do appreciate the time, guys. Yeah, anytime and uh, and vice versa. Anytime you need anything, let us know. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll catch you here later today. Perfect, Sean. All right. Thank there, you. There goes Ryan Hickey. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll give you some quick thoughts on K-State KU ahead of our picks coming up in the second hour. We've got Trey Wingo. Uh, NFL, you know, just guru and savant will join us at the top of the next hour. He's going to do that uh, quite a bit this fall. We're excited about that to bring him in and get his insight on it, too. We'll do all of it. Jam-packed Friday edition of Sports Day coming for you. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. We'll have some giveaways coming up as well, so stay tuned for that. Lots of great stuff to do here today. We'll do it next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.